93.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Uh, back with you on a Monday. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. He's Hunter Brody at Broads81. Josh Henning producing today's show. What a day it's been already. Wild stuff out there. Sports Bash brought to you by Jenkins Plumbing Heating. Call them for air conditioning, heating, installation service, and maintenance, plumbing, or cleaning drain service, 641-6440, or JenkinsPlumbingHeating.com. Sal Pal Antonio, we usually do a Sal Pal Friday, but season's over. Reaction is hot and heavy. Text board blowing up. Phone lines going crazy. But ESPN Sal Pal Antonio, he joins me now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline as we take a look at what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, kind of a surprise today, Sal. First, first off, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. You know I'm a friend in the Mike Gill Show. So when you text or email, I'm ready I'm ready to roll with you, Mike Gill. We are ready to go. And, uh, boy, this team hasn't given us a whole heck of a lot to discuss now, did they? <laughs> Jeez. Let's start with, God, where do you even start? Let's start with the fact that everybody, Peterson, Roseman, all before the game reports where they are coming back. Do we feel strong with that? Because then we see they're both speaking today, and that was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think they're both coming back. I think the big news from today, excuse me, got a little thing in my throat this morning, was a long at Lincoln Financial Field, Mike. I think the big headline from today is um, that Howie Roseman did not rule out trading Carson Wentz. Right. Yeah, I know Roseman was asked about the speculation on Wentz and you know all this stuff. Mike, and if he's asked, Mike, if he's asked the question, right? Yep. Are you know? Are you talking about? It? You have to absolutely say, Mike. You must say, he's our franchise quarterback. We're not trading him. That's what you got to say. Yeah, he didn't even say that. No, no, you're right. He was very evasive about everything. Now, I wanted to get your take on the Eagles answered it in that aspect. Wentz just moments ago said, "I'm not talking to the media." What do you read into that? Right, because the first question to Carson Wentz would have to be, um, "What about Chris Mortensen's report that you have a fractured relationship with Doug Peterson?" Right. And by the way, Mort followed that up today by saying. Wentz wants out, and it's not coming from the agent. Yeah, because that's what Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels alluded to uh, during the broadcast, that they talked to the Eagles front office, and they said it was just a bunch of agent talk. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of um, professional jealousy, I thought, on the part of the NBC crew that they didn't break the biggest story of the day, which was Chris Mortensen. As we know, Chris Mortensen is ironclad all the time. Um, You know Peterson really well. Yep. His relation, he keeps saying, we have a good relationship. He said it's a very professional relationship. He did say that last night. I thought that a professional relationship sounds like, eh, we we make it work. Um, But what kind of relationship does Doug Peterson have with Carson Wentz? Yeah, I don't want to read too much into it. Um, I'll just say this. It's obvious that there's been tension there. Everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't bench Carson Wentz and then have tension. 
<laughs> right. You you just don't. But Doug has said, look, he's upset. He obviously is not happy with the way the season's gone. I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, fractured is a word that you could use when describing that, I think. And the question is, um, see, the thing is, now that this stuff is out, and it's out, and it's real, okay, how difficult does that make it to trade Carson Wentz? Like, you pick up the phone, you call Chris Ballard, for instance, right. of the Colts. Colts. He's the GM of the Colts. And we all know that Philip Rivers may or may not retire, but it's definitely a discussion. And so Frank Reich thinks, all right, well, i got to have a veteran quarterback in here. i got a team that went to the playoffs. I replaced uh, Andrew Luck with Philip Rivers. We're back in the postseason. They are back in the postseason, right? Yes. Yeah, the Colts are playing <laughs> I could, uh, Buffalo. I, I, I lost track because I was so involved in the Eagles story yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and, understandable. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're back in the playoffs with uh, Philip Rivers. They're a dangerous team because their offensive line is so good they can run the ball. Their defense is very well coached. So you're saying to yourself, all right, I got Philip Rivers. He retires. Do I want to start all over with a rookie quarterback? Definitely not is the answer to that question. Would I rather trade for Carson Wentz? Absolutely, because I have a history of him with him. I know what he's all about. Um, but injury history, major contract. Now it's clear that the Eagles and Carson Wentz are not on the same page. Let's use that term instead of fracture, just to you know massage it a little bit, mm-hmm. right, Mike? Yep. So not on the same page. I, I Chris Ballard picks up the phone from Howie Roseman and says, hey, "Listen, if everything was perfect." I might give you a second-round pick for Carson Wentz if he, if he didn't have an injury history. I might give you a second-round pick if he didn't have a giant contract that i got to swallow. I might give you a second-round pick if I didn't know that you were having problems with this player. I might. Right. But right now, all I'm giving you is a fourth and maybe a two in 2022 maybe if Carson Wentz finishes the year all 16 games and we go to the playoffs it goes to a second round pick right see that is where it gets a little wonky now Andrew Brandt who's going to be on a little bit later he suggested a post June he had Joe Banner on the podcast and suggested a post June 1 trade as the best scenario the yeah. one problem with that was the team that gets Wentz is getting him after June 1st which means it's hard to inst- you know install stuff but that would make the Colts make the and most sense Cam Newton. correct but wouldn't that make then the Colts make the most sense because Reich at least has a history with him and that that's the best of both worlds is the Eagles can spread out the consequences over two seasons and then the Colts get a guy who knows their offense well you know, I respect Andrew Brandt, and Joe Banner knows the inner workings of the NFL pretty good. That's bunk. There's <laughs> no way. It's bunk. There's Whoa. no way, and there's no way that if I'm the Colts, I'm waiting until after June 1st to find out if I got Carson Wentz or not. Because, you know, even if you wait after June, all right, let's say you have a deal in place. Yeah. And you wait, okay, you have a deal in place, which is illegal, by the way. Can't have a deal in place. Which Banner suggested, a little wink-wink behind the scenes. You'll have them after June 1st, send them your playbook. Yeah, can't do that. (laughs) Illegal. Find out about that, you lose draft picks. Right. Owner gets fined. Both owners get fined. So 
wink, wink, this, that, and the other thing ain't happening. You're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, jeopardize draft picks and money for a situation like that. So forget it. It's not gonna happen after June first for precisely the reason you just explained. You can't wait until the first month of the summer to find out who your quarterback is, unless you're J.C. Treader and the head of the union. And you think that the offseason is a complete waste of time and we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so living with two quarterbacks, is that the scenario that the Eagles are prepared? Now they have the sixth pick in the draft. I guess you could throw drafting a quarterback into the mix too. Hey, uh, I think he's going to get traded before June 1st. I think they're going to try to trade him. And let me remind some people, I went through the Terrell Owens situation. And if you remember... Terrell Owens reached the end of the rope with the Eagles organization because he wouldn't do certain things required of the PR department. Up at training camp, he wouldn't sign autographs. He wouldn't do meet and greet with fans. He had a bad relationship with Brad Childress. It became, quote-unquote, fractured. And then all of a sudden... A few weeks later, he's suspended by Andy Reid. Yeah. So tell, so tell me how this is different from T.O. Well, I mean, I don't know. If that... the guy doesn't want to meet with the media, yeah. which is an obligation. Right. And has a fractured relationship with a coach. You got to see. Well, yeah, the, the Eagles. Now, <laughs> this is. Uh, Rose, Michael, am I making, I'm making you think. I just, I, I just, I, I just, you're at a loss for words. I know Michael. you turned me into a, but you turned me into a different direction that I was kind of like, well, wait a second now, um, because I don't look at Wentz as a malcontent like I did Owen. That's the difference. Okay, I think. now, now, yeah, all right, but let me ask you that. Why not? Right. Well, that's I mean, what made, gonna... that's what made me pause because I'm thinking I don't think this guy, but is he? Is he a difficult okay, so malcontent? Wait a second now. If, now, if you're if you're the Eagles and you say, "Hey, this guy's not doing his obligations. Hey, he doesn't get along with the coaches." Yeah. Oh, now we can look at the contract differently. You got to you got to perform certain duties as a player in the organization. Right. So that contract, many people just say it's unmovable. You can't cut him. You can't release him. You can't trade him because the team that you're trading him to, they get the contract, which is a serviceable payment for a quarterback in this league. The penalties all fall in the Eagles' lap. So with them or without him, they're getting hammered with dead money and cap problems. So If I were Carson Wentz, I'd be very, very careful. This is a team who's had a history with a malcontent player. And suspended him. Yeah. So, now your colleague Chris Mortensen said, I could tell you Carson Wentz wants out. Unless we hear Carson Wentz stand up and say that story's not true, then I'm going to believe my sources, which are many. And Wentz had his chance today and decided not to. So the answer to me sounds like Wentz wants out. So does that put the Eagles in a tough spot by Wentz essentially putting them on notice? I want out. Right. So if he didn't want out, all he had to do is get in front of the media Correct. and say, this guy's nuts. Yep. I, don't, I, I want to stay here. I have a contract. I love Philadelphia. Right. I'm involved in the community in philanthropy. 
I love my teammates. I love wearing the Eagles uniform. I want to stay here. Chris Mortensen's full of it. Yeah. Yep. I, he I agree with that. He easily said that, and he didn't do it. I agree with that. And Howie Roseman could have easily said when Jeff McClain asked the follow up question. Jeff McClain asked the follow up question today. You know, he didn't rule out trading Carson Wentz. And Howie Roseman did a humana humana. Yes. He says, You have not ruled out Carson Wentz. Is that what you said? Roseman said, that is not anything we are talking about right now. We are talking about oh, a guy. right now are the key words. Yep. Um, so that's the biggest story of the offseason, obviously, is Wentz. The next question would be, do they have enough intel on Hurts? I don't think they do, Mike. You were through he the Bobby Hoying so stuff, right? He didn't play so great yesterday. And if you remember last week when I talked to you, actually it was two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago, yep. Yep, when I talked to you, I said, Jalen Hurts is not a drop-back quarterback in this system. He's a 6-1 running quarterback. He's a quarterback who needs to play zone-read offense. It's very tough to do that when you have so many injuries on the offensive line. I think eventually they'll have to figure that out. He doesn't have Lamar Jackson's speed, but he certainly has enough strength and touch on the ball. But what was amazing to me was Chris Collinsworth yesterday in the broadcast saying, well, you know, Jalen Hurts looks like he's on the money all the time. The guy had five completions yeah. when he said that. Yeah, and he went, what, 7 of 20. Uh, the completion percentage, not good last night, and not good overall, 52%. We're, we're knocking Wentz for 57%. Hurts is at 52%. Uh, what he brings you with his feet is different story. So I don't know how the Eagles go into this offseason having enough intel on saying we're ready to move on from one guy when we don't know enough about another. But they put themselves yeah, you know, into this and, spot. And the bottom line is you've got you gotta you to follow the money and follow what people say and do. So – one, Carson Wentz had an opportunity to address the media, and not only the media, forget the media, the fans. Yeah. The fans are the most important thing. He had, a, he had an opportunity to address the fans today and say, listen, I don't know where these reporters are getting this stuff from. I want to be in an Eagles uniform in 2021. I want to lead this franchise to a Super Bowl. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. That was not the right thing to do for him and his organization. Because even if you don't believe it, you've got to say it, yeah. Mike. You've got to say it. Totally agree. And secondly, when Howie Roseman was asked that follow-up question by Jeff McClain of the Inquirer, he had to say, trading him? I ain't trading that guy. I just paid him $130 billion 18 months ago. What are you, nuts? Um, well, it's going to be a fun offseason. Uh, you were there last night. I mean, what was the feeling in that place with the way that game went? It's hard to say because there are no fans. Um, but, you know, on social media, the Eagles were getting roasted. They certainly were, and justifiably so. If you wanted to get Nate Sudfeld snaps, start them. Have you ever heard that, though, before in your NFL career, that a coach said, I just, the guy deserves snaps? Well, I mean, that's fine. If that's his decision, but just start him. Yeah. Let him play the whole game. Come right out and say it. Yep. Hey, Jalen Hurts is my future. Carson Wentz is my future. I'm going to give Nate Sutville an opportunity to show the NFL what he can do. This is his last year under his deal. we got to make a decision about Nate Sutville. I want to see him play 60 minutes. Yeah. Hello. Beautiful. 
Fantastic. You know, in this day and age, Michael, we're all looking for some truth, authenticity, sincerity. That's what people are looking for. If you tell them the truth, people are cool with it. They may not agree with it, but they're cool with it. Uh, Sal Palantonio here. The Eagles obviously huge. Um, They're at number six. I I know we're way off on this, but just uh, initial thought is, do they have to think about a wide receiver again? No, I think they have to think about trading the pick for a lot of picks. Okay, that's definitely uh... it's so it's, trading the six pick for a lot of picks is much easier than trading the nine pick because you're getting literally you know a, a, a much much better player at six than nine. Yeah, and you know the history of the league is if you trade a six pick, you can get a lot of picks for it. Yeah, and you know a, a, somebody who's looking for a quarterback or a top offensive player, and you know you started that question with. We're way, way off, and I don't, I don't know who's out there. Who's, right. you know, we are way, way off. We are. Uh, the draft uh, is sadly it's uh, it's in April, so it's a little ways off, but it gets here fast. And we, this team has so many holes. And and I guess the one thing is, look, if you're in that front office and you're saying we get Lane Johnson back, we got Brandon Brooks back, we're getting uh, oh, Dillard. I don't know what to think about that pick, but I mean, maybe they don't feel, maybe they feel that this season's a byproduct of that happening. First, here's the two things that we're going to do before the draft starts. Ready? One, we're going to recall all of the scouts from the West Coast. I don't want any more Pac-12 players. Right. Done. I, Second, I, I did get your email G. with Justin Jefferson's picture. We're going to call Johnny G <laughs> of Burger Realty, and we're going to say, Johnny, Sal Powell needs to come back on the Mike Gill Show in the spring of 2021, so please support Sal Pal on, on the Mike Gill show. Yeah, we look forward to that. We look forward to uh, the draft and the offseason. Those are the two things that got to happen, Mike Gill. That's it's, it. It's going to be wild. Uh, all right. They never never a dull moment. The Eagles end their season 4-11-1. Nobody saw it going that way, but here we are. Well, yeah. And guess what? They got four wins, and three of them are against backup quarterbacks. And in the fourth one, Daniel Jones fell down. And the Giants' tight end dropped a pass that would have iced the game. Those are the four wins. And Wentz played good for one quarter all year, and it led to a tie. And you, if you don't tie that game with the Bengals, you would get the fifth pick. You would even feel better today. All right, Sal Pal, ESPN, I know you're busy. I appreciate you uh, rearranging your schedule and jumping on. You got it. Anytime, Mike. All right, Sal Pal Antonio, thanks to uh, – our guy Johnny G, Burger Realty, Ocean City, uh, always fun to uh, catch up with him. Um, he did email me a picture of just Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Wow, fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, and I'm not out on Jalen Rager. I'm disappointed in his first season, but you know who's being held accountable for these misses? And I know a lot of people missed on DK Metcalf and this and that, but you know this all snowballs into now you're questioning. Even if you do trade back, at some point I'm sure a wide receiver is in play if you don't get out and get a Smith or a Chase from LSU. So who's being held accountable? It's almost as if no one's being held accountable for missing these picks. That's the problem. That's the problem that I have, Broads. And here's the thing. I know we have talked about Roseman, and people want Roseman gone, and they're holding him accountable. Does the fact that the organization keeps him and doesn't move on from him suggest two things? One, that he's not as accountable as the fans want him to be, but also that he doesn't have... 
it's like a two-pronged thing. It pisses the fans off because, one, he doesn't have the, the, the say-so and the power that we're blaming him for, but he also just acquiesces to what the owner wants him to do, which is also a problem. I think that's exactly what so I can't what be mad at him for just basically being the yes-man if that is what, in his mind, is helping him keep his job. Right. Uh, this is where I'm struggling, though, because Josh and I were talking about this, and when we had Andrew DiCecco on last week for Football 4, we brought this up. If they got rid of Jim Schwartz, brought back Doug Peterson, brought back Howie Roseman, and look, I don't know what's going to happen with Press Taylor and some of these offensive assistants and all that, but if they did that, is that enough of a change? And we all kind of agree that no, it's not. So you're telling that's essentially what they did to this point. So based off of that, you didn't change one of the biggest problems of this team. What? Well, okay. What did you make of what Roseman said today? He said that the pandemic caused him to change their off-season plans. In other words, last year when they had their end of season, we need to get younger. This team has to get younger. And then they went to the draft. They drafted all these speedy receivers. And then the pandemic came. And if you notice, after the pandemic, they went and got Vinnie Curry and Jason Peters, guys who were older veterans that, what, knew their systems. So he also mentioned, too, that they had an advantage because of the coaching staffs, which is we, we talked about that for how long entering the season. All these new coaches with these franchises and organizations, you have the ability to bring back a similar offense or just a, a, a culture in general that you thought would benefit your football team. I, I did hear him say that, and – I know that they brought Jason Peter. I don't think Jason Peters would have been here if Brandon Brooks was upright. So I feel like that was more of a move because someone got injured more so than let's just add these veterans to add veterans. They I, had I don't a year. Know how to feel about that? They had a year. I think it was. I want to say it was Andy's last year. The team was four and twelve. Yes. Okay. And I remember. I don't remember who was the reporter that was on or what. Man, this was years ago. I mean, how many, you were going back to 2012, right? Yeah. The next year, we thought they were a disaster. Oh, my God, they're horrible. They're 4-12. and 12. This is a mess. What happened to that team, if you if you remember? No, it was eight years ago. Right. Was that the 10-6 and six season? Or no, no, the year that they were 4-12. and 12. Why were they so bad? It doesn't come to my brain. On they it, like, lost four of their five offensive linemen okay. that year. Four of their five starting offensive linemen got hurt, and they were out for the season, essentially. Reed moves on. They bring in Chip Kelly the very next year. Here's a team that we thought was horrible. It's going to be terrible for years. And the next year they won 10 games. And I remember the year they were 4-12. and 12, It was Adam Kaplan. I want to say it was Adam Kaplan. And Kaplan said that people – and I don't want to pin this on Kaplan, but I'm just – I mean, it's eight years ago. But that people inside the organization felt that if their line was healthy, they would have been a playoff team. And that was a 4-12 and 12 team. And you know what? The next year, they won 10 games. Well, you can say something very similar to, not exactly the same way, but in 2016, after going 7-9, and nine, did you really think you'd be winning the Super Bowl next season? Absolutely not. No one entered that season in 2017 going, this is a Super Bowl championship squad. No. So it's not the same because you're specifically pinning it on an offensive line injury stuff, but 
it could be said about not just an injury offensive line. It could be said about not even thinking about a certain run prior to it happening. Uh, we got Sixers basketball tonight on 97.3 ESPN. The Sixers hot, baby. Oh, man. Sixers have seven games in the next ten days. They play tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday afternoon. That Brooklyn game is coming off of a back-to-back, too. That's the second of a back-to-back. So what does that mean for Embiid with Kevin Durant and Kyrie? Don't play him against the Wizards. Okay. That's the way I look at that. All right. All right, Sports Best Live on the other side. Andrew Brandt used to work in the Eagles front office, used to be an agent. He's going to give you more insight on why the Wentz contract is such a problem to move. You don't want to move. That's next. There's never an off-season for the NFL. It's football at 4, every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. Do you want a university that provides the tools to help you achieve your goals? Enter Strayer. As a pioneer in online education, Strayer University is designed to help you succeed. That starts with the technology you need to earn a bachelor's degree. At Strayer University, to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Mike and Broad, Sports Bash 2021 has started off with a bang as the Eagles do not make the playoffs for the first time in three years. This would have been the fourth consecutive year they've been in the playoffs. First time since 2016 they would not have made the playoffs. Andrew Brandt the Business of Sports podcast. He's a columnist at Sports Illustrated, the MMQB. He's a former executive with the Eagles and the Packers. I believe Andrew uh, is the guy who worked on Brett Favre's contract, um, stuff like that. So he also was with the Eagles. He knows this organization very well. But the Business of Sports podcast, it was a really good listen with him and Joe Banner. They went really in-depth on the whole Wentz uh, thing, and I encourage you, uh, we're going to talk a lot about some of the stuff, but I encourage you, but about a good 45-minute conversation between Andrew and Joe Banner on the business of sports and why uh, this Carson Wentz uh, contract might be a little bit of an issue here if we bring him in on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. He joins us here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Andrew, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Good to talk. Yes, uh, and I know this has been, this might be the biggest story of the entire NFL offseason. you got a lot of coaches and a lot of things going on, uh, but Carson Wentz with this contract, is there a bigger story in the business of football? Well, I'll put it this way. There's never been a bigger, what's the word, consequence to a player being separated from his team. And I'm saying never. You know, I'm an expert in this. I've worked in the league 10 years. I've been an agent 10 years. I've been following this for 30 years. Uh, There has never been a bigger consequence if, in fact, there's a moved player here. Now, I don't even consider the idea of a release in this discussion because that would be just an unbelievable amount on the cap that would never be credible. $66 million coming onto the cap if they were a release. So that's not going to happen. But I think the, the point I'm making before we get to the numbers is this. Out of the 1,900 players in the NFL, 
There's no other player that has a bigger team investment. And when I say investment, I mean financial. $28 million rookie deal, $150 million veteran deal. I mean draft picks, first round, first round, second round, fourth round. And I mean what they've done with letting foals go, with taking away any semblances of challenges until we got to later in this year. It's just there has not been more of an investment made in a player than Carson Wentz coming into, I guess, now. So the investment is huge. Not only did they pay him, they traded up, they gave up picks. I mean, what they have done to get him, how much does that all factor into moving on from him? Okay, so I've been pretty vocal out there, um, you know, writing on it, Sports Illustrated, podcasting, talking to radio and TV about it, that I think it's not going to happen. Because of the dire cap consequences. And again, the timing is going to be pretty clear. There's a third day roster bonus of $10 million. I don't think Jeffrey Lurie wants to put $10 million towards a player that's not going to be there. So it has to happen if it's going to happen on March, whatever, 14, 15, or 16. Mm -hmm. And if it does, some team will take on whatever's left on on uh, Wentz's contract, or maybe Wentz restructures to make it more palatable for the new team. But here's the thing where I've answered this on Twitter a thousand times. That doesn't matter, right? Whatever Wentz is willing to do for the new team, if there is a new team, that doesn't matter. It has zero effect on the Eagles' problem. Because the Eagles' problem is in the past, because of the rich contract he got, because of the way they structured it with signing bonuses that are prorated, with option bonuses that are prorated, with future guarantees that are prorated, if they part, everything accelerates. I mean, this is NFL cap 101. Once you move on from a player, everything remaining accelerates. And that tune is $34 million. So if they separate from Wentz, no matter what he does for the new team, they're going to take a $34 million cap charge for a player that won't be there. Right. Which I say, and I've stood on the carpet for this, <laughs> is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, let me I do, don't let see me, Howie Roseman doing yeah, that. Go ahead. Well, now, you know Roseman in this organization very well. In hindsight, a lot of people would say, well, whoever agreed to give them that deal, they should be held accountable. But the hindsight of this is everybody agreed to this deal. That's not just Howie Roseman walking in and saying, hey, I got a great idea. This has to be signed off on everyone. So the hindsight holds everyone accountable, and that doesn't even mean that they were wrong. I think it's a good point, Mike. Listen, I would have done it. Joe Banner on my podcast, as you mentioned, would have done it. You see three years of that. Now, the only hesitation is, injury because in two of those three years before the new contract he w he didn't couldn't finish the season but i think i would have they would have joe would have anyone would have talked yourself into hey he only missed like two games each of those years he's strong he's healthy he's uh he's obviously has great movement skills the highest work ethic the highest character teammates like him what are we doing here right and 
all these all these quarterbacks are extended after three years, like Mahomes, like Watson, like Goff, like him. The only ones who aren't are a, a Trubisky, where the jury's still out, and Prescott, where they're unable to agree on a deal. So, yes, that's all hindsight. The structure, though, and again, this is getting in the weeds, is different. I pointed out on Twitter today that the Jimmy Garoppolo deal, if they get rid of Garoppolo, it's $2.8 million dead money. Why? Because they front-loaded all the cap. They didn't have all these prorated bonuses in there. They had a ton of cap room to load it, and they can get out. The Eagles can't get out right. without extreme pain because of the way they structured the contract. Yeah. Uh, no, they are kind of stuck under this. So, Andrew Brandt, uh, Business of Sports podcast. It's a really good podcast. Check out his Sports Illustrated article on this Wentz situation. What are the options? Because now – you have a player who signed to this deal that you obviously believed in, and then you drafted a quarterback in the second round. I don't know what the mindset was on that day, but having that quarterback here, watching him play for three and a half games, I don't know where that puts him moving forward, but would you want to be the guy making the decision now? You know, the option that I've only I've always come back to is kind of the boring one. You know, people like to talk about a trade to Frank Reich, a trade to the Patriots, whatever it is, giving back money. I really think the only option, to me, the only option is two words. Fix him. Fix him. <laughs> Fix him. This is not someone who's never done it. That's, that's, the, that's the thing people aren't noticing here. This is not a quarterback who's never had success. This is a quarterback who was MVP level for two years. So I don't know why this is, people think this is not the only, not the option that it should be. It's fix him. If I was Jeffrey Lurie, I'd bring in Peterson and I'd say, can we fix him? And if not, should someone else be fixing him? Because I don't understand why that's not the option here. Now, Wentz does make it, I'm sorry, Hurts does make it a little more complicated. But I saw the drafting of Hurts as, hey, we've got so much invested in this quarterback. We can't be bringing in any more Josh McCown $10 million backups, right? right. We need a cheap backup. And they liked the player, and they thought he dipped below, and they never get him in the third round. So I get it. But to see him as the starter, I don't know. <laughs> I and, just think. And Andrew, you three and a half games, that. you can't make a decision on your team's quarterback position based on the, the, the what you saw from Hertz right now. That's not. I mean, that'd be like saying, man, did you see Fulgham for four games? Let's give him a franchise wide receiver contract and then saying games five, six, seven, and eight and being like, uh oh, you can't do that at this position. No, I mean, listen, I raised this in the article, but I don't know if it's the case. I mean, there may be a better, there may be some thinking going on in there that they trade Hurts, that they put him out there, sure. and they can get more than a mid-round second, mid-second rounder that they spent on him. But who knows? I just think to I'll get back to my main point to move Wentz. No matter who's giving what, no, and they're never going to get good compensation for Wentz because of the the financial burden they got to take on the new team. Uh, I'm just saying, you don't want to have a team with 34 million or a player not there. Now, again, my pet peeve is when people say, "Hey, Andrew, 
If he's not there, 34 million, if he is there, 34 million, it's a wash. I'm like, no, it is not a wash. A wash, it's not a wash if you don't have the player. You don't have the player. So the most I've ever seen in the history of the NFL was two years ago with Antonio Brown. The Steelers carried $21 million because they just couldn't take him anymore. Right. Now, now Wentz is not anywhere near the churlishness of Antonio Brown. And, of course, $21 million is a century away from $34 million. So I just don't see it. Andrew Brandt, uh, the Business of Sports podcast, you mentioned releasing Wentz, not going to happen. Trading Wentz, there's a couple of options. You can trade him. You can also possibly post-June 1st trade him. Why are those options yeah. not realistic? Well, post-June 1st sounds good because, you know, you take a lesser hit in 2021, but overall you're taking a $10 million more hit. In other words, you're taking $44 million instead of $34 million. Why? Because you're paying the $10 million in March to keep them around before you move them on in June. Right. So you're taking a $44 million hit, twenty four in 25 in 2021 and 20 in 2022. I don't know about you. That's worse to me. So plus the logistics of keeping this guy somewhere around, even logistically for six months and the new team I know would want to work with them before June. So all of that, you know, you can make a case for it, but I guess the only, if that new team was Frank Reich, who at least, he knows his offense, that would be one scenario that maybe makes sense? Yeah, I know everyone's pointing, pointing to that. I mean, I don't know what Phil Rivers thinks of that. Yeah. Who's played a lot better than Wentz, um, even at his advanced age. I mean, I, I just think people who see that are stretching, and if there was no cap consequences, sure. Let's throw that out there. But these aren't just just I guess bad comp cap consequences they're dire they're dire oh boy um so i guess now andrew you're left with two quarterbacks how does that look come april this is where communication has got to be key i mean it's doug it sounds like it's doug in communication with both about where we're going here is one coming in as a starter or are they competing and all accounts are I don't, you know, I don't take into account a lot of this uh, news leaks on Sunday mornings. My accounts are they're both good guys, <laughs> and they can handle it, and they can deal with it. So that's really where we got to go. Like, are we coming into mini camps competing, or is someone coming in as the starter? Well, and that is a you know a a, a real competition. Is it a real competition when you have one guy making that money drafted number two overall versus the other guy making no money drafted in the second round? Is that a fair quarterback competition? You know, in this case, I'm going to say it is because of the sunk cost. Because Wentz isn't going anywhere. I just can continue to say that. So yeah. what are you going to do? So what are you going to do? Are you going to make it work? Um, and then, then there's the obvious point that how many quarterbacks get through a season. So you will need both. And you know, from last night that the, it's not going to be Sudfeld. 
So, <laughs> you, 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 you know, you know, you know, you'll need two good quarterbacks. Okay, now That's the unfortunate reality, Andrew, you were in Green Bay during yeah. Favre's end and Rogers' beginning, correct? Yeah. Was there ever a time during Favre's end where people were like, "It's time now," but you, but money made that decision for you, or did it play out the way everybody thought it would play out? No, it was different because we had a Hall of Famer. I mean, we were not going to push him out. And, you know, we had a three-year apprentice. That's the most, I believe, in modern history. And I don't think we'll see that again, even with Rodgers. You know, his apprentice is going into year two. It probably looks at like something like that. But, man, um, you know, that that is a management situation, too, as I wrote in my article. And the Eagles will have to manage it, just like I just said. I had to manage Favre's camp that didn't wasn't happy seeing his replacement every day. I had to manage Roger's camp, who's like, when the hell am I ever going to play? You know, when? Ever. Right. And the Eagles will have to manage these camps again. I don't know if the leaks are coming from the agents or some other forces. But I do think it's posturing and positioning rather than saying we want out because people in the business know it's virtually impossible to get them out of there. Uh, Andrew Brandt, uh, excellent article over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, if you uh, follow him on Twitter, you can get that at Andrew Brandt. And, of course, uh, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. His podcast, I encourage you to go listen to The Business of Sports uh, and especially if you're interested in this Wentz topic, he and Joe Banner really get into it a lot deeper, and I encourage you go to uh, to go listen to that. And, Andrew, Happy New Year. We appreciate being a part of the show as always. Always a pleasure. Talk soon. Andrew Brandt, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. So there you go, bros. Something stood out to me big time. When we were going back and forth on the post June 1, we forgot about that extra 10. Now you're talking about $20 million for each season for the two years, I think that changes my perspective on it a little bit. Like, if you're going to take it, take it all at once and then let it happen for one year. Well, it's like, this is the best scenario, but you're going to have to pay a penalty. Are you still in that post-June 1 over just taking it all at once? I don't know. Am I at the point where I'm just like, you know, listening to Sal Pal, has has, has Wentz become a malcontent? It seems so... Like because and look, we're we're just basing his personality off of what we see and, and what we you know hear from him and all. But doesn't it? Because you they were bringing up T.O. I can't see the comparison from what T.O. was to Carson Wentz. It doesn't seem like they're in the same category of dysfunctional human beings. Well, we've heard a lot of these behind the scenes that he's stubborn. He's t- he's not coachable. So maybe he's not a bad person on the outside, flamboyant, not signing autographs not listening to the PR staff, but maybe it's he's not listening to what we're asking him to do, and we just can't we can't do it anymore. It is very possible. I mean, when you listen to Jalen Hurts speak today, how many times did he mention that he takes pride in being coachable? He said that. He's talking about being a coachable player, and he's given all these answers that I think we want Carson Wentz to say, and he's throwing it back towards the media, and I thought that that stood out to me. Uh, and I don't see a scenario well he brought up a lot of scenarios there he says the only scenario to him is fix him fix him do you like that scenario is doug peterson the guy to fix him i don't know <laughs> uh hey sal pal earlier andrew brant 
I don't know why you'd go anywhere else. It's the Sports Bash Live. We got football at four with Jeff Mosher coming up as well. The football and Eagles talk will continue. Casey Joyner tonight. And by the way, the Sixers tonight right here on 97.3 ESPN. I picked bad music. I'm sorry. Back with more. It's Sixers basketball tonight on 97.3 ESPN with the voice of the 76ers, Tom McGinnis, calling all the exciting play-by-play action. Blocked by a beat. Sixers on the run. Ben gets it to a beat. And Joel Jansen. Philadelphia. It's obvious that there's been tension there. Everybody can see it. You know, you don't bench Carson Wentz and then attention. You just don't. Fractured is a word that you could use when describing that, I think. And the question is, um, see, the thing is, now that this stuff is out and it's real, okay, how difficult does that make it to trade Carson Wentz? Uh, that was Sal Palantonio earlier. It's out there. It's real. And how difficult does it make it to trade Carson Wentz? You ask me, you know, Andrew Brandt was just on and said he doesn't see releasing him. He doesn't see trading him as any options. The only option he sees is fix him. Fix him is what he said. Is that the option that you like to hear? Because I, I don't know. Like, at this point, I don't know that these two this party can coexist. It's like, is this Jalen Hurts and Carson, or is this Doug and Carson? When you say this party, or is it all three of them? Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, I just don't know that they can coexist. Wentz wants out. I think that that's accurate. So and I'm not saying he said it. I'm just saying in my heart of hearts, I don't think Wentz wants to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. I think you are correct with that statement. I feel the same exact way. Here's something that's not on that same level, but it, but it talks about a struggling quarterback and a year later with some new fresh voices involved. And I think that Carson Wentz's skill set is way better than this individual. But we saw Baker Mayfield last year throw a ton, a ton of interceptions, and it was brutal, and people were questioning who he was. And this year... It's different because their system is not really about Baker Mayfield. It's about the run game. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Nick Chubb. So it's it's operated differently. But I bring it up because you saw a quarterback who was a laughing stock last year, and people were making fun of him. First overall pick. This is a joke. And now he's leading the Browns to a, to a playoff run. Why can't that be Carson Wentz? It can be, and I know that you're going to mention they changed their coach out they there. They did, and I'm, that is a part of it, but... Uh, I will say this, though. I will say this, though. To be fair, the previous coach, Kitchens, got the job because at the end of the year before, he got a lot out of. That's true. um, Baker. Baker, yeah. So I think what happened with Kitchens was he couldn't manage all the personalities. He couldn't manage Beckham and and Jarvis Landry and the expectations. I just think he was the wrong coach for for all of that. Right, for the whole organization, not just Baker Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. Because the year before, when Baker was a rookie, he got the job because of what he got out of Baker Mayfield. Right. Yeah. All right, next hour, football at four.